morning. Today we meet Nathan, the co-founder of a company that provides freelance recruiters to clients. I love this business model, especially at a time when TA is going through a moment of shakeup, to say the least. Nathan, thanks for joining us to talk about talent and growth today on Maddox Stripes. Thank you so much for having me and freelance recruiters here. Looking forward to our conversation. Yay. And I'm glad that you also wore your olive green t-shirt. We are matching. We didn't plan this, but I just think we're off to a good start knowing that. <laughs> great, great start. Had to uh, represent the Brewers running the NL Central and uh, the Bucks picking up Damian Lillard yesterday. So it's a, it's a good day in Milwaukee. To dive in, Nathan, it's fall. Are you hanging on to summer? Or are you racing to Starbucks to get a PSL, a pumpkin spice latte? Um, I am excited for the fall. I am not a huge pumpkin spice latte person. I have just like my regular coffee, but um, the fall is my favorite season, mostly because I live in live in Milwaukee. So fall's the best. You get to see all the colors. Yeah, I love fall too. I'm I'm a, I call myself a crazy tree lady because I'm just always stopping to peep the leaves and take photos of how beautiful the trees are yes yep it's football season <laughs> best season of the year so we're excited even though the packers did lose to oh. lions last night so not a not a great start to the year but new quarterback so we'll figure things out yeah that's why i love fall too <laughs> so nathan why do you love what you do i think for me um, I spent five years working in an agency, and I really fell in love with recruiting as a whole, like whether it was working with clients and helping them find those tough to fill positions, like I always felt just very, it just like was a good feeling every time you found that person for the company. And when they stayed there for over a year, it was, you know, that really good feeling too of like, oh, I found that person their new home. Um, as a recruiter, working with other recruiters as well, helping them and other people find jobs that they enjoy. I always say like being a recruiter is the most interesting job because I never went to school to be a recruiter, but so many people go to school to actually have a guaranteed job that they're looking for, like whether it's a chemist or a doctor, you know, you can go to school specialized for that. But my job isn't a specialized skill, you kind of learn it over time. So helping people who have specialized skills find jobs is a very rewarding thing. And so now with starting freelance recruiters, now I'm essentially taking this market that we're in right now, which is, I think most of us would say like, this is probably the toughest market we've ever seen in the recruitment space. and giving recruiters an opportunity to freelance in this marketplace. And instead of having to have them, you know, do a full desk job, we essentially go in and we find clients and then we give those clients recs to our freelancers to work on. And then we pay them a commission for those roles. So it's kind of the, the best of both worlds. So. Yeah. Exciting. Sounds like it. Yeah. Hearing, hearing full desk, makes me gives me butterflies in my nope. stomach a little bit <laughs> nope, so sales, that, yeah it's definitely the hardest i mean we and and selling in general is always a very difficult thing but when you're selling recruitment against i mean how many recruitment companies are there out there like thousands like if you think of boutique and bigger companies i mean 
you have to have something whenever you're selling anything you have to have something that someone wants in order to work with them otherwise like you're just another car salesman essentially so <laughs> for us you know it's really trying to find that value piece that a client will come to us and say we think you're different because of this and we want to give it a try and that's what we're striving for and have you found that 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 value piece that helps you stand out yet i think i think we're on on track for it uh, just to back up we we launched in april of this year and we posted job requisitions for independent recruiters in Milwaukee, Madison, and Waukesha, Wisconsin. So three, you know, pretty big cities in the Wisconsin area. And we had no idea how many recruiters would apply for those positions. We were like, we might get five recruiters to apply or 10. We ended up getting close to 3,000 in our first month. Whoa. And it was, wow. it was all across the United States, all across the world. As chief recruitment officer, I'm just going to reach out to some of these these recruiters and have conversations and just kind of see where it goes because we didn't really know what to expect, right? So the conversations I was having were with recruiters from Google, from Microsoft, from Starbucks, like you you name any of like the big companies who've been laying people off. Um, and I I got to talk to recruiters from there and never thought I'd be talking to people from LinkedIn and other companies like that, but it was just really heartwarming for me to share what we were doing with them and all of them to say, Nate, the market needs something like this where I don't have to work a full-time job. I can just work on requisitions that you have, get paid a commission for that. And then I can spend my summers with my kids or I can spend my summers, you know, doing housework or yard work or whatever it is. I can make money to pay my bills and set time aside to live and like be with my family. And then when the fall kicks back in and my kids go back to school, then, you know, I can start working on recs and things that way again. So I think like our big value piece is really aligning the incentives between clients and recruiters. And so if we can offer to our clients a lower fee than your 25 to 30% that they're typically charging, and pay out the recruiters a higher percentage because we all know in the agency world you're not making that much money as a recruiter and if you're a you know corporate recruiter you're probably not given the incentives that you typically want as a recruiter as well so if we can marry those two together that's really allowing clients to be happy with paying less but then recruiters being happy to make more so. wow that's great that's really exciting to hear more about what you're doing and offering to recruiters especially at this time like I said and like your candidates said and how amazing to hear that you got such great traction in your first go at posting jobs hearing that you got 3000 applicants i've seen people saying lately like they they took down the job after x amount of candidates applied where are you at with that now that you've had that experience yeah i think I think we need to focus on finding industry experts as recruiters. I've talked to a company, actually. They have like 400 job recs open at their company right now, and they're actually on the West Coast. And they paid a million-dollar retainer fee last year to a company to help with their hiring needs. And guess how many hires they've gotten from that company? Oh, gosh. Don't tell me. 
<laughs> How many? Like three? <laughs> One? Higher. And How is that even possible? So for me, I'm like, either it's the company bit off more than they could chew by saying that they could help that company or be the recruiters that they had working on the roles. They weren't, they weren't skilled in that side of the labor, labor market. I think a huge differential that we have is that I can give any client expert recruiters in their industry for a discounted rate than what the market's offering. Wow. Well, you have a great background to take data and learnings and apply it to this company, to your company. Um, and, you know, all the best to that company that spent a million bucks and got one, uh, one yeah. return on their investment. <laughs> it, it, it breaks my heart hearing stories like that. It's like, you wonder why, you know, we have a hundred thousand recruiters laid off right now. You wonder why recruitment companies are laying off recruiters. And it's like, there's a bad reputation for recruiters and it's because of things like this. And it's like, that shouldn't tell the whole story about the market, but it is one of those things where I feel sick to my stomach when I hear things like that. I wish I could go to that company and be like, look, I wish you never had to pay that money to go through that experience. But what I can do is offer a solution right now that makes sure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, it gives me vibes of Fire Festival. It's like yeah. the scam of the century when it comes to recruiting. Yes. So, Nate, uh, how do you ensure a delightful hiring experience? I think the biggest takeaway for me is it's a really solid intake initially. I think a lot of times, you know, especially in the contingent side, it's here's a job description. Good luck. Go find some people. You know, it's more quantity over quality. And I think for me, it's, it's what I learned in the agency. You need to put the customer first. You need to understand what their pain points are. You need to understand exactly what they're looking for. And if you don't know what they're looking for, you have to be able to ask that question. And I think so many times, like, especially right now when it's very hard to get new clients. Like so many people are like, I'll take anything and everything. And like, I would rather just take a chance, but it's like, you know, we had a, we had a client who we worked with previously this year. They just came to us and asked us to help with another role. And we used to do contingent. So they asked if we can continue to work contingently. And I said, you know, look, we would love to work with you. We switched our models and we do it this way now instead, because the last thing we can do is put a job requisition on our website where our recruiters work on it and a week goes by and you fill the role internally and then I have to remove that role from our recruiters who put in their own time, their own resources and money to work on this role. So to make sure that it's a good experience for both the client and recruiters, that's why we made that change. But then I think to ensure a good experience, it's all about communication. Communication is so important. And in a partnership, communication is very different than in a vendor relationship. So I think, again, when you have those upfront conversations with a client and they have the understanding like, wow, like this is a really serious like intake. This is a really serious kickoff call. Like we're paying money to this company upfront. They are a partner to us. That 
that is something that recruitment hasn't spent a lot of time in because a lot of times it's like, okay, I just need resumes for this search. Like I'm going to send it to my five contingent agencies and whoever fills the role wins. And that right. just creates, it, it creates bad behavior for, for clients. And I just, I just think we need to rewrite the ship in terms of what the client experience looks like. Because if we can do that, I think the market can change, you know, drastically. Yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head. So many critical keywords and call outs there, uh, asking questions, communication, treating it like a partnership. Great points. What does a growth mindset look like in a talent leader? How would you define that? I would say a growth mindset for us is it's being adaptable and flexible. I think a lot of companies have their view on how their company works and it's very hard to change because let's say something has worked for a long time and why would you change things that, that aren't broken? Um, our company has had to be so resilient and we've had to be growth-minded over the past four months because, again, we've had to make those critical changes. And if we were at all stuck in our ways, we'd be in the same spot still working contingently and we'd have requisitions being pulled from us you know, every other week. So I think... I think the growth minded side of things is it's a huge focus on it's listening to key stakeholders, people that we trust and who are giving us advice and like looking in the mirror and being like, is this something that'll help our clients and our recruiters? If we have three people that are important in our organization, it's, it's our clients, it's our recruiters and it's freelance recruiters as a whole. And if we look at those three and say, does this new change help our recruiters and clients first and foremost? Yes. Okay. And then finally, does it also help freelance recruiters become better? If, if I can answer all three of those questions and it's a yes for all of them, then we, then we, we, we continue and move forward. But if, if one of those three are sacrificed at all, then it's, it's not worth, it's not worth it because then we're never going to grow as a company. Well, I appreciate your prioritization and commitment to evolving, flexing, changing the narrative. That's great to hear. And um, it's exciting to think about what that could mean for the state of recruiting, yeah. setting new precedents, yeah. new bars. Yeah. Um, how long should a hiring process take, in your opinion, Ethan? Oh, it's, it's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> because I think some positions warrant different process than others. Now, if it's like a super technical role where like they have to have a proven skill set in terms of like, let's say like a, a lead engineer or like a, a software developer, like you need to A, make sure that this this candidate is a fit for your company but then you also need to make sure that they have the technical skill set in order to do the job. Now, if you're hiring a salesperson, a customer service, someone who's like interacting more on behalf of your company, I think you can tell really fast if someone's going to be a fit for your company or not. The something like the piece that always worries me with hiring is 
we have to create additional steps always like companies always do it where it's like why are we interviewing this person five times like it makes no sense to me you know in the first interview always if the person's a good fit or not so to like delay it four or five weeks in order to like oh i just want like sue to interview this person and make sure like this is the right person or like you know oh this this candidate's great but we need five more people just to make sure that this is the right person. Like, again, I understand when you're hiring, it's a very big decision you're making and you are investing money into it. But I also think that right now companies are looking for like this really, really small like thing. And like, it's like, okay, like there's one little speck of dust on this person. So like, I don't, I don't think that's the right fit. And it's like, okay, like we can bring you more people if that's what you want. But like this person checks all of the boxes that you gave us. But if, if, again, if you need more people, if you need to have more conversations, like, I guess I will understand. But if you're, if you're starting to look at that for one role, and this will get into something else that like we're working on with freelance recruiters. So that's why like I, I get very, fired up about it but it is something that we want to fix in terms of like how we facilitate our process as well so uh to dive into that just a little bit in our company software we're going to be building starting next month we're going to actually have a rating system for all of our clients and our recruiters so in a rating system it's kind of like glassdoor recruiters can go in they can rate the client one through five in terms of how they thought recruiting for that client was. Wow. So, yep. So this is, this is something I've been like thinking of for a long time. Cause I'm like, look, if a recruiter can leave feedback on the hiring process and working with that company, now that's data that we can bring to the CEO of a company and say, look, you were rated at a 2.2 out of five by the three recruiters who worked on these roles. They said your hiring process took too long. Your HR team did not get back to us in a timely fashion. We lost out on really good candidates. And if that feedback and that data is there, we can now propose or create a solution for that company so that their rating can go from a 2.2 to a 5 or to a 4.5 or whatever it is that they're looking for. And that will change that will change the market that will that will make a huge impact because i think a lot of companies know that their practices are outdated but if they get called out for it on like a rating system i i think again if your glass door review is is kind of low like companies go in there and they make sure that gets changed pretty quick so that's so super yeah, no, that's super valuable. That's exciting. I, I think that's a great move to add that data point to your process, to your system. So let's jump into our rapid fire round. Uh, first question, do you prefer fully remote or hybrid? I am. I loved fully remote for a long time, but I would have to say hybrid now because if I can go in one or two days a week, spend time with my team, get out of the house a little bit or get out of the coffee shop. Um, I do, I do prefer that. So I go hybrid. Freelance or full-time? 
Well, I would be, um, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be uh, a hypocrite if I didn't say freelance. So I'm going to go freelance. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Fair enough. Job offer deadlines or open-ended offers? I would say, I would say deadlines. I think it's really crucial that when an offer is put out there that the client has an expectation and the, and the candidate has an expectation. And I think unless it's a super crazy role, like it's just like, this is when we need to know by, so we can either move on or, or move forward. So. Fair enough. Favorite recruiting tool. I would probably say zoom info. I love, I love that answer. Yeah. Last thing you learned? I think I think it's just patience. Like patience mm-hmm. has been something that I've been learning a lot more. Like I've always considered myself a very patient person, but starting a company, you know, with a really good friend of mine and having to go through and change often and being patient through that has been it's been very tough. So I think just patience and resilience overall. Nice. And then salsa, guac, or queso? I'm going to have to go guac. Guac for sure. The general winner in that one. (laughs) And then what's one final thought you want to leave our listeners with or a question you want to ask me, Nathan? I would say if you're in the recruitment industry, keep going. We know it's really tough. The market has ebbs and flows, just like every market, whether it's the stock market, the crypto market, um, the housing market, everything goes up and down. And so we're in a period of time where, you know, we call it like the buy low, like the market's really down right now. And I think, you know, we're starting to see tech rebound like really well. So whether it's working a full-time job as a recruiter or getting into like more of this recruiters on demand type of model, I think a really interesting thought is that I think this recruiter on demand model is going to become very important to the future of hiring because a lot of these companies have laid off thousands of people and now like they're company brand is hurting a lot because of that. So in the future, if they can choose to hire recruiters on demand to work on their roles and just turn that off when the hiring, you know, goes down again, they don't have to hurt their company brand by laying off people. They can just be like, well, instead of paying you guys this much money for these roles, we're just gonna have to slow down our hiring. So I wouldn't say like you're going to have to look at freelance opportunities long term, but I think establishing rapport with a model like ours is going to be very important to the long term because I think this is the way that things are going to happen for recruiters long term. So just to leave it like that. You heard it here first. All right. Well, thank you, Nathan, for joining us on Maddox Stripes today. It's really exciting to hear what you're up to. And I can't wait to follow along and see how the journey shapes up and uh, how you continue to disrupt hiring and recruiting. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. I appreciate it. Maddox Stripes is a podcast that airs weekly, produced by Josh Fuller and hosted by Maddox Digital. To learn more about our show, 
become a guest, or further connect, find me on LinkedIn at Julianne Streff or email me at julianneatmaticdigital.com. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. See you next week on Matic Stripes.